There's that guy at work. He's quiet, doesn't say much in the meetings, where the majority of the folks in the room seem to be chattering away and processing aloud, quickly, endlessly. Then, when there is an uncommon dip in the chatter, he speaks. His point is fully thought through. He's insightful. He's an introvert. I'm your host, Claire Carver-Dias, and today's episode is all about introversion. To help explore this topic, I'm speaking with Jennifer Campbell, a certified professional co-active coach and seasoned group facilitator. For over 18 years, Jennifer has coached and consulted at senior and staff levels in organizations. In addition to her Bachelor's of Commerce and Certificate in Adult Training and Development, she is certified in administering the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, or MBTI. I met up with her at her office for our conversation. Thanks for joining us, Jennifer. Uh, to start out, I thought we would define introversion. So could you provide uh, your view or your definition on what introversion is? Sure. So let's use the definition from the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, or the MBTI. So first off, the, the MBTI assesses your personality preferences. So it's not about strength or skills. Um, it really provides insight on four areas. What gives you energy, how you take in information, how you make decisions, and your ap- approach to life. So the first piece around what gives you energy, that's where introversion comes in. So there's two opposite preferences uh, in each of those four areas. And the first one on energy is introversion versus extroversion. So a short definition of introversion would be, in general, introverts tend to get their energy from their inner world through reflection and solitude. They generally prefer to think things through to increase their understanding before they act. Hmm. Is is introversion something you're born with? So Myers-Briggs theory is actually that yes, you are born with it, or you're hardwired, they might say, uh, with your preferences. Uh, and an example of this is whether you are right-handed or left-handed. Uh, so you might be right-handed, you can write your name very well with your right hand, uh, and then when you try to do it with your left hand, when you can do it, but it takes more uh, time, it's harder to do, it's less legible. Um, Myers-Briggs is like that. Everybody has access to all of these preferences, um, so introversion and extroversion, but something that's more natural and comfortable for you um, will will come through. And in this case, if your uh, more natural preference is introversion, then that's what you can do day to day. It takes a lot more effort for you. Um, to to strike that extroversion mm. skill. Okay, uh, you know there's been this really popular uh, book that came out a couple of years ago by Susan Cain, and I know you've read it. Um, and we had a sense; it gave us a sense of people's appetite around this topic. The book's called Quiet: The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking, and it was massively popular. Do you know how Cain defines introversion? Yeah, so her, her definition would, for introverts would be this. 
uh, and this is straight from off of her website actually. So given the choice, introverts uh, will devote their social energy to a small group of people that they care about most, preferring a glass of wine with a close friend uh, to a party full of strangers. Introverts think before they speak, have a more deliberate approach to risk, and enjoy solitude. They feel energized when focusing deeply on a subject or activity that really interests them. When they're in overly stimulating environments, whether it's too loud or too crowded, they tend to feel overwhelmed. So they seek out environments of peace, sanctuary, and beauty, and they have an active inner life and are at their best when they tap into the riches of that inner life. So I really, it's interesting how Susan Cain defines introversion and she doesn't go so far as, she talks a little bit in the book about Myers-Briggs, there's definitely references there, but she's really taken it down to um, this being more deliberate in your approach to risk, so this risk piece, mm -hmm. as well as this getting your energy from that smaller inner, inner, inner group, inner solitude versus being the life of the party, if you will. Yeah, it's it certainly turns the traditional perception of that preference on its head in that we, we often, in society, I think we've looked at extroverts as the people to admire who are out there, gregarious, charismatic, and introverts as have sometimes been labeled as shy. Or is, is there any truth to that? So the shy one is always interesting. Whenever I do sessions on Myers-Briggs, when I talk about introversion versus extroversion, I always mention the shy thing. So introverts, the myth is that they're seen as shy. And I have a young daughter who um, people will say she's shy, and I'm always hesitant to say that because you don't want to label them that, right? Mm -hmm. Introverts are, are more, if you get them talking on a topic that they're passionate about, so one of the things about introverts is that they will, they will go deep into a topic and get really energized by researching that and learning about it. And if you get them talking about a topic that they're quite passionate about, you won't think that they're shy. So it's just sort of how they choose to exhibit their energy and, and get their energy versus, you know, whether they're shy or gregarious. Mm, yeah, yeah. And, and Kane certainly has done a great job of, I think you previously when we were talking before the show, um, talking about Kane's book as a manifesto for introverts. People seem to just love it, right? wave it around and say, look, it's good to be introverted. Um, there might be a bunch of people out there who are saying, how, well, how do I figure out definitively whether I'm extroverted or introverted? Is there a way you can determine which style you prefer? There is. So, I mean, if you were to do a Myers-Briggs, you can take a Myers-Briggs assessment through a certified practitioner. There's, there's certainly that way to figure it out and you will get a reported type. Um, there's also, there's lots of uh, literature around on introversion versus extroversion. So if we were to do a quick a quick assessment for the folks today to say um, what are the different preferences? So if you have a preference, those who prefer introversion uh, would sound likely be like this. You're energized by time alone for reflection. You think things through and you keep thoughts to yourself. You defend yourself against your environment by stepping back perhaps or sometimes even avoiding others. You focus more on the inner world of ideas and what could be. You find interruptions distracting. So that person that knocks on your door that says, hey, do you have a minute, is not necessarily what you're looking for during the day. Um, you reflect first and act later. So this is the think, do, think uh, versus what an ex person who prefers extroversion might do. You enjoy concentration and contemplation. 
You prefer to use uh, written communication, memos, emails, um, any other written forms of communication. So that gives you that chance to think about something before you respond. You frequently hear that even though you are present, others might be seeing you as detached. And I've heard this a lot in people that I've coached is that, uh, especially those in extroverts who are dealing with those introverts, is they don't know how to read the person because you might be sitting there sort of contemplative and thinking about things. And, you know, lots of us don't like that silence. So you don't, we don't give them enough time to respond um, mm-hmm. because it feels awkward. But with introverts, you need to give them that, that time to think about it and reflect before they're going to say anything. So that's introversion. Yeah, I d- just to stop there for a second, I'm thinking about the patterns of communication. Uh-huh. So we haven't gone into extroversion yet, but um, introversion, it sounds like there's a possibly a slower pace to the communication. Is that true? Potentially, especially in conversation, right? So you put two introverts together, and, and uh, I always say you see this a lot in couples, right? So the one partner is the extrovert and the other partner is the introvert. Uh, and it, you know, that often plays out. And, and I know in my own situation, I would, I would self-report out as an extrovert and watch my husband um, you know, with another introvert. And they sort of sit there and there's a few words sometimes every few minutes if they're not passionate about the topic they're talking about and they're just standing there passing the time. Meanwhile, you know, I might be with, with the other person who's an extrovert and there's, it, it can be a mile a minute conversation going on. So let's move into a definition of extroversion. Sure. So those who have a preference for extroversion, they're more likely to be energized by being with people and engaged in activities. They talk it out. Uh, they say what they're thinking. And so this is the person who does like to say, do you have a few minutes? I just want to talk this through. They need to work out things out loud. Uh, they interact with their environment by reaching out to others. So, uh, you know, going out for those drinks just to sort of get some things off your chest or reaching out to a friend to work through a problem that you've had out loud. Focus on the outside world and what's happening. They find interruptions interesting. Great, yeah, I've got a minute. Come talk to me. Uh, they act first and reflect later. They enjoy generally variety and action. Uh, they prefer to talk face-to-face or use voicemail. So those will be the people who pick up the phone and call you or they'll show up at your office door. Um, these are the folks too you often hear about extroversion is I would say they're you know a mile uh, a mile wide and an inch deep. So they can they can have conversations on all sorts of different topics um, but not necessarily deep conversations where if you take someone with a preference for introversion they may be very well researched on a particular topic and they can go really deep on things but aren't necessarily feeling the need to uh, you know have the broad conversation sort of about anything like they just want to focus on something that they're comfortable and passionate with. Mm-hmm. You know I would add one thing from some in my experience of coaching introverts I got the sense often that they want they would only share a perspective when it was fully baked. So they wouldn't give half an idea or they wouldn't do the sausage making where you're sitting there listening to them process out loud. They would they'd sit there sometimes nodding, sometimes looking quizzical and then eventually say something and it's it's a full idea. It's the right. fully baked right. idea. You know, I've often I I've experienced the same thing and I've often seen with people as that you know, those who are the introverts, they are the ones in the meetings who don't necessarily talk as often, uh, but 
oftentimes when they do talk, people listen because they know that they're coming out with some fully baked ideas, like you say, mm -hmm. they've thought it through. They're not the person who uh, oftentimes extroverts will sort of work it out out loud, right? And you're sort of trying to follow and waiting for them to get to their point, whereas the introverts have, have all that conversations happened inside their head and then they come out with their fully baked idea. Late but great, sometimes we say. Right? I like it. And you talked about being extroverted or preferring extroversion, uh, to use the MBTI terms. And um, I also prefer extroversion, but there's a part of me that <laughs> prefers introversion. So there's there's times when I'd say I, I like to be out there, I like to socialize in groups of people. I love change or interruption all of that kind of stuff I talk quickly sometimes and loudly sometimes um, on any topic but I really need to recharge by myself I love activities that are solo activities so like kayaking stand-up paddleboarding running things that I can do on my own um, reading so I would say you know I'm not fully in one camp so I'll go back to Myers-Briggs theory that uh, you might have what they would call a slight preference for extroversion. So, uh, it, as opposed to a really clear preference for extroversion, where that is just all the time, that's where you get your energy. If you've got a slight preference for extroversion, there's still some of that introversion, you know, that regrouping, that reflection time that you like to have. Uh, and again, as I mentioned, the handedness at the beginning, so the right-handed versus the left-handed, and it's and everybody has access to all of the preferences. Mm -hmm. It's whether or not you know you have worked on them and used them, right? And so for you, you've uh, you know, and and a lot of it comes from work, right? A lot of the work that we do might require us to use a different preference than would be our natural preference, and this is where you see a lot of a lot of natural introverts in a work setting have to become extroverts, right? They have to be able to speak up in the meeting, they have to do presentations, they've taken on a leadership role and have to uh, you know, talk to lots of people, that sort of thing. And you can absolutely do that and you can train yourself to do that. Um, it may take a lot more energy for you, so you need to regroup uh, mm -hmm. at the end of the day. A friend of mine is, uh, she's a comedian one of the funniest, most outgoing, seemingly people that, you know, she's up doing stand-up right in front of hundreds of people on a regular basis. But after that, it takes her, you know, a day on the couch sort of thing to regroup and re-energize herself. She needs that reflection time to be able to go and be that extrovert yeah. for her job. I think of a client as well who who claims he prefers introversion um, and is just a stellar presenter. So, you know, he, he gets up there and he engages a large group of people and he can field questions. And so people in the audience might say, wow, that guy is you know, natural extrovert, but he requires so much prep in order to be able to perform or perform those extroverted activities. And much like your comedian friend, immediately needs rest afterwards. He can't hang around, do the social, you know the social stuff afterwards he has to go sort of take a nap so. exactly i've i've seen the same thing and i think that's people need to recognize that that's okay like it's that's what you need to do to re-energize and you know you've done your time on the stage doing your big presentation you know the networking event afterwards you sort of got to give yourself a break and go re-energize instead of putting yourself through that perhaps one of the things I often hear people talking about when it comes to MB uh, Myers-Briggs or preferences is, can you change yours? 
over time. So the theory is, is that it doesn't change. You're hardwired, right? That's the theory of Myers-Briggs. Uh, but you know what, what happens in the other part of the theory of Myers-Briggs is that you evolve over time. In your 20s, your, your natural preferences really come out. As you move into your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, etc., you start to access those other preferences. Some of it is work-related, things you have to bring to the table. Um, some of it is just different experiences that we start to have and we start to get more comfortable trying different things, etc. So you evolve over time, but in theory, your natural preferences are your natural preferences. Hmm. And I think our, our listeners, certainly a question I hear a lot and our listeners might want to know um, whether or not most leaders prefer extroversion. Excellent question. We'd have to do a Myers-Briggs personality test on all of them to find out. Um, It probably comes across in many organizations, if you think of sort of big leaders, that um, they would be extroverts, right? But again, to the the example that you gave earlier about your coaching client, coaching clients that I've had, um, they can come across as those extroverts. They just need that reflection time. And there's so many other things that come into being a great leader, uh, it's not all about just that one preference, right, of introversion versus extroversion. You need to be able to set direction. You need to be able to inspire others um, to go towards that direction. You need to accomplish the goals that you set, among other things, right? And there's lots of skills uh, that come into being a great leader as well that aren't explained by introversion or extroversion. So maybe just to close, I was wondering if you had any words of encouragement for introverts introverts who are aspiring leaders. So I think, again, with Myers-Briggs theory, it's, you gotta make sure that if you have a preference for introversion, you know, don't put yourself in that box and say, I could never be that great leader because I could never get up in front of a group and present. Um, you know, I've worked with with a few different leaders over the last little while who would absolutely be introverts. And really their skill in leadership is, I call it sort of the one-on-one leadership. So they're not the people who enjoy getting up in front of the groups and making the big presentations and, and like leading the charge on things, but they are you know, one-on-one individually and they're very passionate about what they do and what they believe in and where they wanna take their organizations one-on-one they influence so they have these one-on-one meetings whether it's just quick coffee breaks with people or it's for more formal meetings and one-on-one they influence and when they do that um, the the person sitting across the table from them really sees what their passion is and says I want to be I want to follow that I want to go there with them Uh, so it's you may come at it in a different way not this sort of big bang leadership you may come at it one-on-one doing some influencing uh, and you know that works too. So I think people need to keep that in mind. Leadership is not about being that big high profile leader. It's about getting people to follow your vision. That's so great. And I said it was gonna be the last question, but I've got one more. As a leader, uh, how can a leader help get the most out of the people that prefer introversion in their teams? Great question. So one of the simplest things, and, and, and again, I've done this with um, people who I've coached who are introverts too, is, is for the introverts to ask their, when they're going to meet client meetings, whatever it is, presentations, um, internal meetings, 
is to, they're not the people who are going to jump into the conversation with their ideas very often, right? You know they have them. They're smart people uh, still, right? Doesn't change your skill level from that sense, but it's, it's that they're not necessarily going to put their ideas forward. So for the, the leaders trying to encourage their introverted team members is to bring them into the conversation. So uh, set up in the meeting when you're going to ask them. So if it was you, Claire, I'd say, you know, I was the leader, I'd say, Claire, uh, I know you've thought this through. What uh, can you present us with your view on this? Talk to them about it ahead of time. Give them that preparation time. Uh, set up ways to bring them into certain meetings. Give them, like push them a little bit. Give them those opportunities to present and to prepare and to pr practice. Uh, and then, you know, they can bring their ideas forward that, you know, are gonna be great. That's fantastic. Thank you, Jennifer, for sharing your expertise. And I look forward to having you back. I was speaking with Jennifer Campbell, Certified Coach and MBTI Expert. As an introvert, you can still consider ways to push yourself out of your comfort zone and speak up in meetings. Susan Cain says, we must all act outside of our true character sometimes, but it's not healthy to act out of your true character most or all of the time. Introversion doesn't have to be a barrier to leadership. By all means, Embrace your preference for thinking things through for quiet. And with that, I'm Claire Carver-Dias for The Water Cooler Effect. Mm -hmm.